What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to the Carmine Davis Show. What it the fuck is up? Um, how are you this week? Um, I'm good. You know, I am chilling, waiting on my psychic reading from my psychic. Shout out to um, Coco. Um, my psychic, who is black, honey. Um, I've been like having a lot of questions, and and secretly, you know, I believe that people, you know, you, I believe people have gifts. Let me start off by then. I believe that I'm one of those people who are somewhat gifted, but I like to, when it comes to questions about myself, I like to ask. After I take so much stock into my own answers. I don't mind getting a, someone's like a second opinion. Like, I don't really believe in so much self-diagnosis um, as much as I believe in getting a second opinion. So I'm waiting for Miss Coco. Shout out to Coco. And I believe in that kind of stuff. Um, even kings and queens of, you know, back in the Victorian times and all that had, um, what would they call them? Um, um, what do they call them? Not sorcerers, but they used to, basically psychics from back in the day to give them um, just a, a little out insight on the stars and how the stars align. Whatever. You didn't come here to hear about that. You came here to hear the hot topics, um, the musical spotlight, and the love relationship and sex segment. Uh, before we hop into all of that, make sure you like, rate, review, um, and share this podcast. I don't do it for my health. Um, share the love. Um, I'm really, really happy with the numbers this season. I am glowing. We are steadfast. Um, but I feel like we can take it up a few blotches. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we can take it up a little bit. So make sure you continue to share, review, and follow this podcast. If you are just stumbling onto this, don't be one of those weirdos who just sit back and listen to the show and never subscribe. I know this is you. I'm almost a certain that this is you. So just hit that mash that button. You be listening to it every week. That is weird. Just hit the follow. That's weird. You're being weird. Okay. Just hit the follow button. Um, but let's get into it. Okay. So today's hot topic is coming from none other than the lovebscott.com. Shout out to lovebscott.com. Um, and Denver Sean over there, he wrote this amazing article. Well, I mean, it's sad, but it's a great article. Okay, so Dame Dash accuses Jay-Z of wrongfully transferring reasonable doubt streaming rights, which I had noticed. I'm going to get into that in a minute, okay? I'm going to give you the jump, and I'm going to tell you what I noticed and what I think, okay? So Damon Dash has accused fellow Rockefeller co-founder Jay-Z of wrongfully taking streaming rights to reasonable doubt for himself. Reasonable Doubt, initially released in 1996, was Jay-Z's debut album. For the past month, Dash and Carter have been locked in a battle over a proposed auction of an NFT, non-fungible token. Um, According to Carter's side, Dash wanted to sell off the copyright to the album. A judge put a stop to that. Um, But according to Dash's side, all that's planned is a sale of his one-third share on Rockefeller Records. What's more, Dash is upset at moves made by Rockefeller. He's looking to disqualify 
It's lawyers at Queen Emanuel from representation and is challenging its authority to bring suit against him. Now comes something new, courtesy of the summons filed Tuesday in New York Supreme Court. Okay, so according to the brief legal papers, Carter has transferred streaming rights to reasonable doubt without authorization from Rockefeller to S. Carter Enterprises, LLC. Although there is little detail on this court filing, a longer complaint will likely come at a later point. It appears as though Dash is objecting to the entity actually licensing Spotify, Apple, and etc. Dash is claiming unjust enrichment, breach of fiduciary duty, replevin, and conversion. He's seeking at least $1 million in damages. Um, Alex Spiro, an attorney for Carter, wasn't immediately available to comment. These two won't ever be on the same page. They never have been. They've been fighting. This is one of the biggest beefs in hip-hop for... They've been fighting for the last decade, which is a damn shame. Like, they never got on the same page. The only thing that they both agreed to is that they both fucked with Aaliyah. Ah. Let um, a Capricorn woman be the reason. Okay, so... um. Okay, so I noticed that all of a sudden Reasonable Doubt was available on Spotify. For a while, it was for a while it was solely like on um, title, but then it was coming up the 15 year anniversary or something like that um, recently, where Jay Z kind of licensed it everywhere. Like the whole Reasonable Doubt album was pushed on Spotify more than ever, which I love. I love um, Spotify. I mean, I mean, I, not I love. Of course, I love Spotify. But I shout out to Spotify. What's up? But I also noticed that. Um, Reasonable Doubt was available to stream. Can't Knock the Hustle, one of my favorite songs, was um, available to stream. And I was just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And um, Devils and uh, Friend or Foe and a bunch of the songs on the album just all of a sudden showed up in my playlist. I was like, okay, what is all of a sudden this push? Now Jay-Z took the album and ran with it. Now this is occasionally like, okay, My thing about Jay-Z is Jay-Z has a history. He's a businessman. Jay-Z has a history of being kind of what... The thing about Jay-Z is Jay-Z can do whatever the fuck he wants. Okay, so I don't know how to explain it. Jay-Z does whatever the fuck he wants. Okay, that's basically what I want to say. Jay-Z does whatever the fuck he wants. I think Jay-Z is someone who... um, kind of does a lot of shysty business. But is it shysty if he gets what he wants out of the, the deal? Like, I think about how he had all of us just kind of canceled the NFL halftime show. None of us wanted to watch the NFL um, due to Colin Kaepernick. But once he inked a deal, it was fine. Now we all of us are supposed to watch the halftime show and support Jay-Z and his endeavors. It's cool when Jay-Z says it's cool. And I felt like that's the issue that him and Dame Dash have. I think they're both similar in that way. They can both think they could both do whatever the fuck they want. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. They are not really good partners. They're better leaders. And I feel like both of them shitted on each other. And ended up getting shitted on. How about that? And imagine that. Imagine that. (laughs) He's hurting on the inside because he shitted on me 
And now he got shitted on. And imagine that. Imagine that. No. <laughs> I've become such a barb. I think I referenced Nikki at least once every episode. Um, I don't understand why Dame and, and, and Jay just won't leave the fuck alone at this point. Like, just let Jay-Z get whatever the fuck he got, you know, and leave the fuck. I know money is money and all this bullshit, but I'm starting to think that these niggas miss each other. I'm going to tell y'all like y'all tell girls when they be beefing. Just kiss and get it over with. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is really going on? But um, anyway, so what do you think? Dame, Dash, who do you think is in the right? Of course, y'all going to say Jay-Z. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like they're like a really bad divorce that's taken years to be amicable. You know what I mean? Like, they even when you think that you don't hear about them two anymore... They just rev up the beef. Like every, every like three or four years, it's always something new going on with them. Like always. But anyway, moving on. Just in case you're just tuning in, make sure you follow, rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. You know, I don't do this for my health. Make sure you tweet me about the whole Dame Dash and Jay-Z situation. Tweet me at Carmine Davis, um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Let me know what you think about the situation. Um... And we're moving on. So the middle segment is the um, music spotlight, which is basically where we talk about artists, groups, um, bands, uh, concert series, um, and concepts, soundtracks, all that that I'm inspired by. And um, this week, I want to talk about something that I've been battling with. Um, I have a profile on TikTok. But I never really understand my presence or what I want to bring to TikTok, okay? Or what it would mean to me. I think TikTok is very corny. But I feel like it's something that is happening. It's, you know, something that I can't avoid, even though I've been actively trying to. Um, and I find it interesting and it it's it's um its impact on the music industry and how there's so many artists and songs and number ones that I have never heard only because I've never opened a TikTok app. And I ran across this article um, from mi.edu and it's called um, How the TikTok Boom Has Impacted the Music Industry. Um, Hardly five years into the creation, TikTok now boasts up to 1 billion worldwide active users. Needless to say, the platform is increasingly popular, um, especially in the music industry. The company also recently allowed 60-second lip-syncing videos up from the original 15 seconds, which allows for an even better experience for music lovers. Um, How to discover songs on TikTok. Um, Music discovery is at its core of TikTok's identity. Budding musicians depend on it to promote music and build a global fan base by simply uploading their original songs to the platform without a doubt. TikTok can make songs from relatively unknown artists go viral overnight. Users can also upload an original song or choose TikTok music from the app sound tab. You should note that you can access a great variety of tracks in the app, including new releases, greatest hits, and trending songs. I did not know that. Okay, as an artist, you should never shy away from posting your songs and videos. You could be one post away from going viral. For instance, you can add videos, dance into your debut single, or just lip sync into an original track. 
It is important to note that artists have equal opportunities to get their songs discovered on TikTok since the platform offers pure crowdsourced options for their users. Trending music. Thanks to viral videos and memes tagged on the original truck, Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license is one of the latest TikTok sensations. The overnight explosion um, of her song proves that the app goes the extra mile to give users a variety compared to its early years. In 2016, when the app launched, you could only come across viral videos on Billboard hits. Today, popular TikTok songs influence the Billboard charts rather than the other way around. Songs will also trend more on TikTok if well-known creators use them for their content. For instance, Driver's License went viral after established creators such as Charlie D'Amelio replayed it on to their followers. Rodrigo posted the song in early January, teasing it not knowing it will be her time to shine. Since posting the video, Rodrigo accounted amassed from more than 10 million followers with only 10 videos posted. Driver license is still trending with more than 880,000 users. I mean, uses. It is worth mentioning that the app helped steer Rodrigo's music to position one on streaming platforms like Amazon and Spotify. Okay, and how TikTok changed the music industry. While TikTok's fate in the USA is still hanging on a cliff, the app is undoubtedly the best video sharing platform to promote music. Note that TikTok's music exposure is reshaping the music industry in many ways. One, TikTok is changing music consumption's habits. The majority of new unique fans will end up streaming your song after checking out a snippet of your dance or dance choreography on TikTok. You are looking at an era where consumers listen to songs based on how viral it is. On TikTok, users discover songs they've never heard of. It is unlike on pop it is unlike on popular streaming platforms where algorithms recommend what you prefer or what you already know. Major music platforms depend on your phone activity to point you in your taste of music. Two singles change significantly. Um, artists can now have the fate of their single debut just click away clicks away. Uh, originally, you had to rely on a label's resources and networks to get your name out there. Now you can upload your single song on TikTok and bypass all the radio stations. You may end up having the whole country jamming to your vibe in less than a few hours. Um, free social media is more powerful than ever. In 2021, uh, TikTok proved that you don't need the backing of traditional media platforms to curve your place um, to to curve your place in the music industry most users depend on social media platforms like whatsapp instagram and facebook to share your account handles this move is perfect for getting new unique viewers every time they post an artist can now solely ride on tiktok to promote music and get exposure to other social media apps due to its incredible reach and influence um tiktok is now the new way for music discovery tiktok is undeniably a sensation to record label to record labels and managers who want to promote music for their artists this includes collaborations singles and even albums tiktok is also giving rise to a new breed of influencers who don't need huge sums of money to put your track on their creations it is an almost all free ride to overnight fame as long as you find a way to stand out from the endless amount of other talented artists Okay, so basically, I'm behind on TikTok, but I'm not too far behind. I don't, I don't know. I have not, there's not too many songs that I really, really love that I got introduced on TikTok with. I don't know. I, I don't know. But that's okay. 
Different strokes for different folks. Okay, so needless to say, I will be uploading my song to TikTok. However, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels weird. TikTok just feels really, really, really weird to me. Um, but I'm here for it. If it'll help people get the music out there, whatever, child. Am I the only one that does not get my musical love off of TikTok? Am I old? I don't know. Tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Um, is it like a is it like a demographic thing? Like or an age thing? Like I like a lot of kids like that I talk to, I I, I know a lot of young, like 18, 19 year olds, and they literally know no songs. No songs, no matter how classic they are, or they don't know any songs, but they know every TikTok song. And I think that that's so weird how this demographic or this age group literally like in a bubble, all they see is everything is fed to them on one screen. Like they just scroll through it and everything that they know about the world is literally on one app. And I think that that's crazy. When I was growing up, um, my mom, my aunt is a DJ. So I went through all her crates and I would just listen to music. We used to watch uh, music videos that she had on her VHS, um, on her cassette tapes. And then we started watching performances on DVR, like BET Awards and all that stuff like that. And then we started really getting into like her crates and I got to know artists. Um, I knew um, old school artists like Pet Enchantment, the um, um, like all kind of the spinners, like all older stuff. Current R&B, I used to listen to with my mother. I tell a story all the time about how. I used to listen to music with my mom, like on the road, when we used to like road trip or whatever, my mom, whatever was the hottest um, R&B CD or who was really hot right now or who was really good. I won't say who was hot, but some of the best R&B albums that I ever heard were with my mom, including Erica Badu, Mary J. Blige, um, Angie Stone, Big Bub, um, um, Eric Benet. Um, I used to steal all her albums. I even stole her Alicia Keys song and a minor album from her. I used to steal music from my auntie. And that's how I got a consumed music. And then, of course, on my own, I being I was the kid, so I still watched MTV, probably before I was old enough to be watching MTV. And I was um way too young to be watching the Britney Spears videos that I saw, or you know, Janet Jackson videos, or um, and then I started to get into, of course, I was watching people my own age, like the popper, teeny boppers, like Jonas Brothers or stuff like that, Nicki Minaj and all these people on my own. But my musical taste wasn't only relying on whatever popped on my screen. So that's my thing with TikTok is it's kind of, it's cool how it's kind of making people listen to your music, but it's weird that there is no um history being taught or no real musical taste being instilled it's just whatever is um popping up on your screen like there are songs that like people a lot of people think that Beyonce did before I let you go for the first time like they think it's an original song by her and it's it's just weird like I think people I don't know I guess because music is means so much to me I think I have to come to the real realization that it means nothing to most people. 
Um, it's just something that they play around. But music is everything. Um, music is everything to me. And I can't stress that enough how music is just everything to me. So I think it's weird how people consume it now. Um, of course, I'm going to keep this in my mind. You know, we have singles and stuff rolling out and eventually. And then, but it's just weird. It's really, really, really weird. Weird times. All right, we're moving on, child, because I still, I don't know why I can't get with TikTok. But okay, we're going on to the third statement. But before we do, so you follow, rate, subscribe, review, and rate this podcast. I don't do it for my health. Um, and tweet me, are you down with the pot, like the TikTok bullshit? Are you tick? Um, are you TikToking? Are you um pop locking? Like, are you with it or are you still kind of like me? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, tweet me at Carmine Davis, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know what's up. Okay, so the final segment is the love, relationship, and sex segment where we kind of get a little raunchy. We get a little nasty sometimes. Sometimes we get um, some really thought-provoking things like today. All right, this is from menshealth.com. And it's something uh, that I unfortunately know a little bit about. Um, so explain it live. What to expect from your first sex party, all right? This is a Q&A from um, the writer Zachary Zane. Um, he's answering the questions from a lot of men's health readers. And one reads, I've never been to a sex party, but I've always been interested. What should I expect from the fir my first one I decide to attend? Um, the type of event you go to is really going to determine what type of experience you're going to have. So you should check in with whoever's hosting. Make sure that there are consent policies in place. And make sure that enthusiastic consent is encouraged and practiced within these spaces. Get a good feel from other people who have possibly gone to the event. Look up information on the event itself. Make sure that you have some knowledge. Um, when you attend the party, understand that you don't have to participate in sex at any point. There's no obligation to play or to be naked or to do anything like that. It really is your decision to play when you feel comfortable and if you feel comfortable. It's very, very important for you to set your own boundaries and set your own limitations before you attend these spaces. That way you can explore in a safe way whatever you want to do and whatever you want to discover. Um, you touched so, on so many different points here. I think the first is that no two sex parties are the same. So do your research to figure out where you want to go and what to expect while you're there. There are certain sex parties where I've walked in and just everyone is having sex from the moment I st started. These tend to be more gay sex parties. I, I agree. I've also tend, um, I've also been to sex parties where no one actually has had sex and it's more games and performances. So if it's your first time attending, maybe go on a night that has more activities going on and more performances going on so you feel more comfortable. I think it's also important to say that the sex clubs are not often as intimidating as people think they are. I've been with people many times to their sex first sex parties and they're like, yeah, everyone was friendly and nice and just talking about normal stuff. It's normal people who go to sex clubs, you know? It's your doctors and lawyers and teachers and everyone. Um, how do you politely decline someone at a sex party when they don't seem to get the hint? Uh, this is an issue that we face. We have creeper reports here at, NSF at NSFW where people can report inappropriate people and behavior. We have guardians and nymphs who walk around the space 
that people can go up to and talk to if someone's being a little bit too persistent. Unfortunately, there are some people who just don't get hints. And it's like you are trying to be polite and nice. But in being polite, it almost allows them to continue to pursue. So I advise people to be very direct with their nose. You have to own your nose. If someone is making you uncomfortable or is being too pushy, it is smart to just say, no, I'm not interested, and then move on. And if that person continues, and speak to the staff and make sure that that's someone else knows so they can handle that person because no one wants that individual at a sex party. No one wants that individual to be within these communicate communities because that is a Corsian? Corsian? So be clear, but also know that within certain spaces, you'll have people to support you to get that people to get that person away from you or to remove them from the party completely if they are just not getting it. And that's it. Um, okay, let me tell you my experience with sex parties. Okay, I have I got into them actually with industry people. I'm, no, 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 no. My friend, my best friend took me to um, a sex party. I'm a sex club for the first time. And I thought it was like the coolest music video I've ever been in. At first, you know, because that's just how I am. And there was music playing, techno music playing. There's like all these rooms. I'm just running around. And I forgot like, wow, okay, these people are going to actually want sex. Uh, I felt like I was in a Britney Spears video. I would be like in in the little glory holes and just like, ah, you know, but then someone sticks their dirty ass penis in the fucking thing. You're like, yuck. But then there are times when you meet somebody that you actually click with and you build a relationship with them. I've had a few sex partners that I met in these like sex clubs that I was like, actually, I, I actually like you. You have like these little private rooms and all these things and you just go in there and you're like, cool. Like, I actually like you. Let's exchange numbers. And I've actually gone out to eat and I'm actually continually talked to a Scorpio that I met there and we, we go out, we hang out and, um, it wasn't that bad. He's a normal person. And then there were sex parties that I started private sex parties that I started going to with people like, um, industry people like rappers. Um, I've gone out with like, um, you know, one of them Georgia actors and they invited me to like these sex parties around here and like it's Dunwoody or a lot of them are like in Atlanta, like past Camp Creek. I'm talking like far. And what I liked about these were, these were like, Similar people um, in a home. It was more of a private event. Um, a lot more conversations. A lot more games. Like they said, it was it was more like a, a kickback that just kind of was a little bit more sexually charged. If that makes any sense. And then it's better than the ones that are, from what I hear, you just throw a mattress down and a bunch of lube and have at it. You know, like. And it was, I've I've been to all of them, you know what I mean? And I think that they're, I don't really like the drugs part. Like I can do some weed and get blow, but like the cocaine and all that is not my thing. Um, But they're like, they said there's different types of sex parties and sex clubs and all those things. And I I recommend them. I I think that they're very fun, especially if you are safe and it's consensual. Everybody in there is sane. You kind of know the hosts, you know, I always... Even the one, the sex club we went to, I used to date the manager or not date. You know. Well, hold on. We didn't date. We used to talk. So, um, which was weird because he used to follow me around. And I felt like he always was watching me. It was, it was really, really weird. But even that made me feel a little bit better. Um, but yeah, 
I recommend going, trying one, being safe, um, being mindful, and just relaxing, drinking some wine, and let your body tell you what to do. And that's the show. <laughs> um, make sure you guys uh, follow, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast again. I appreciate all your consistent love and support. Um, make sure you follow all of our handles and make sure you shop the Carmine Davis merch store. I have the new um, second season merch dropping. Um, I'm trying to do this thing. You'll see. I'm trying to do this thing. This is why it's taking so long. Um, and it's hard to supply it with a good price, you know, because I know everybody there not about to pay $50 for a Carmine Davis t-shirt. Um, but, you know, it's coming soon. Bear with me as usual. I am doing more than my fair share of everything. So I need time. But I love y'all and I will talk to y'all next week.